Help is in the way, dearie. Great Scott! I feel the need, need for speed. Can't longer, dude. You're a wizard, Harry. Welcome to the When Harry Met Movies podcast. Hi, Harry, how are you? Good. Good, good. So, what film are we doing today? James and Giant Peach. Yes. So, for the oh. listeners, this is part of what has been a very long oh, yes. um, Roll Doll month. We decided we wanted to do a Roll Doll month back last year. And we were reading the books and watching the film. So, we would watch, read, the, read the book and then watch the film. So, they've been staggered out, haven't they? Um, and we've just never got around to watching James and the Giant Peach. And we're currently just finishing up The Witches. So, that'll be the final one before we hit YouTube. Um, so, yeah, we... So it's been quite a long thing. So some of the episodes that have already come out might sound a little bit different than this one because some of them will have the old intro, some of them will do the old format, whereas this has got the new format. So why don't you tell the listeners what our podcast is about? And then we chat and discuss them together. Okay. So what? How do we always start the podcast off with any listeners, Harry? I, told, I give you a, a set number of lines, and you just tell me, like, tell me the story, and you tell me what mine is. Okay. So this is James and Giant Peach. It came out in 1996. Hmm, I, you... I am here to tell the story. And I am here for the food. Okay. So James is a young boy whose parents have died, and he's been left in the care of his aunties. He gets a mystical, he meets a mystical man who gives him some crocodile tongues, I think they believe they are, and they fall into the grass and make a huge giant peach on a peach tree. He crawls into this peach and discovers that there is lots of large insects in there and they go off on a journey together. Are they crocodile tongues or just beans? Pretty sure they're so, we don't always do this little quick fire round where we put 10 questions of our famous pot quite randomly and we try to answer them quick but there's always one that stalls us. So, I've just quickly pulled some out. What would you like from the film? Giant Peach would be pretty cool. You could feed lots of people with it, so that's why I'm going with Jackson. No, but you'd have to eat it, you could have. I would like the glasses to talk about and cane. Okay. All the urban glasses, either of them. Most iconic scene. Probably the peach. Floating. Favourite scene. I would agree, Rory. Quick, favourite scene? Oh, First one that pops into your head. Probably when they're trying to get the seagull and the earthworm, they have to dangle the earth. Yeah, that's why I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you most like to meet? Oh, any of the balls, honestly, you can't pick one. She had to pick one. Earthworm. Um, a spider. Yeah. Would you recommend the film? Yes. Yeah, so would I. To the right age. This is, this is a very low rated film. 
scariest moment. I would say when you first meet the bugs can be a bit yeah. creepy. Or when he's fallen, like Who would you punch? Either of the ants. Yeah. As in the ant. His aunties. Should we do a remake? No, different guy. I'll, oh. I'll go into that in a second for you, yeah. but come. But if he did, if he said he didn't talk to me any other thing, I would like to see how we remix this one. Just because I might be interested to see how Modern Taker does it. Um, possibly make a remake, but only to make it a bit more close to the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Favourite character? No, he said who would you like to meet? Different. Ladybug. I like the yeah. um, caterpillar. No, the centipede, sorry. Should we make a sequel? No, because it's a sequel to the book. Agreed. So that was a quick fire round, which wasn't too bad for our quick fire round. I was trying to keep you speeded up. Um, so, no, um, what you were referring to is the latest Matilda film, which if you haven't seen it, folks, go watch it. Um, that's what you were, you were wondering whether he is. it's the same guy that's making Wonka. Wonka. Now Wonka is a prequel to the, so it's about Willy Wonka when he's younger. Um, and no, it's not by that guy. It's by the guy that did the Paddington films. Yeah, because I want to see either of those two people do, if they ever do. Well, the reason Matilda one works is because the guy that did the musical as in the stage show. Yeah. So that's probably why it works so well for him. Like, like, so like, any actors really have to do a story to a bulk, like film, I would like to see them take on this. Because there's just some weird changes and stuff, like, like, like basically, the parents are in the book, but it's been that like, for... Okay, so, do you want to give some quick facts? We always like to do some quick facts that you always like. So, um, main character's called James, he lives with his aunt Spike and Lance Sponge. He meets an old man who... Then puts him into, gives him a thing to make the peach. Um, grow the bugs. The bugs are a grasshopper, a centipede, a ladybug, a glowworm, a spider, and an earthworm. The book originally came out in 1961, um, and the film and book. Well, the film was set in 1949. Um, it was a budget of 38 million and made only just under 29 million. Um, the box office was top fat. Yeah, by Independence Day, followed by Twister, which we covered on the podcast. Check out that episode. Uh, Mission Impossible, The Rock, Nutty Professor, and this came number 58. So, not the worst one, but not great. Um, so, yeah, um, what you were kind of touching on is... It's, quite, it's weird because they've made... I think what's done really cleverly is... So, first I've seen the film, beginning of it, it's live action. And when he goes inside the peach, changes the he changes to stop motion. So in the stop motion thing, they can kind of make it quite... They can kind of do what they want. So what Harry's referring to is, in the book, for instance, the peach gets attacked by a group of sharks. I know, but there's a couple of things, isn't it? Attacked by a group of sharks, and in this it's one large mechanical shark, randomly. 
And then there's a bit where they meet pirates in the film. But that's not in the book. And it's in the book, it's like cloud people, isn't it? Yeah. They, 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 they make the weather and stuff like that, don't they? They control the weather and they basically have like a battle with them, don't they? And that's for some reason just not even in this, but they've replaced it with pirates who don't really do anything and it's a bit weird. I don't, but I don't really understand. But maybe, but it's just the whole, I, I think it's a bit weird the whole. Like the robot shark thing and stuff like that. That was the book, I think. No, it's not a robot shark, it's just sharks in the book. Because they eat the peach. I guess it's just your imagination more. Maybe. This is like, basically in the book, James Pegg's like, they go to like London, they go somewhere and a virus gets on the show and it kills them. But in the book, it's this weird cloud rhino and he's a kill pen. He even said in the film that it's made of like smoke and stuff. So how would it kill his pen? I think that's like meant to be like a child warping it in his imagination and stuff yeah. like that. So, that's what I like, how, like, how does it like, it strikes it rightly, but stuff like that, would it bring down that peach? Yeah, it's a bit strange, isn't it? I think that's the thing that I get. That doesn't really make sense. And the cloud people, it's quite a big bit of a book. Because yeah. they kind of see them twice, don't they? They battle them, and then they think they're trying to get past them again, and they get caught. Yeah. This is not just a bad child, but this is my child. Because I watch them a lot as a child, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's... What do you think of the bugs? Oh, another one. They, they, they skip out a bug, don't they? So, they skip out a one. Yeah, because spider doesn't just... isn't. So they use... Pigeons or seagulls to to help to help the peach fly, and they use the worm as bait, don't they? And when it comes down, yeah. they lasso it. Um, they don't have enough net, and they don't have enough. Um, they don't have enough strings, so spider spider weaves it, and so the silkworm. Yeah, because they can't. But in this, it's just lots. I suppose it's it, maybe it's just one too many characters for you to introduce in the film, whereas a book's got a bit more. And essentially, there is a glowworm, an earthworm, and a silkworm. Which they really the glowworms obviously are for the light. I think the earthworms obviously the bait. So did you really need the silkworm as well? Um, so I think maybe I assume that's why they dropped it. It's also weird thing like this shark thing harpoons it and it goes right to the peach. But then they start taking like chunks at the peach. So how big is this peach inside? How thin is it? Well, it's big enough that at the very end, everyone eats a peach, and the stone that's in the middle of it, he lives in as a house. It's quite big. I do like the fact that in this, but when it's rolling down the hill, it gets the fence tangled up on it, so it gives it like a platform so they can walk around the outside of the peach. Because in the book, they literally are inside the peach and are on top of the peach, whereas this one's got more stuff inside of it, hasn't it? I also like how... Basically, it's rolled down. It does it. It's 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 um, and it took quite a long time for it to be made, obviously because it stopped motion, but also because a lot of his books did. He was very 
protective of him and he wasn't very fond of many of the adaptions. Yeah. Um, I think it's because he's quite protective of his work. Yeah, like, it, that, like I've watched like, the original Willy Wonka and it took, he was always arguing over it, but it probably took so long. It was originally going to be James and the Giant Cherry. I'm not sure why he changed it. But. I guess cherries are two lots, so I guess. Maybe, but it was just going to be one, and it was. I think maybe the peach was easier. If, no, I think maybe more of a peach inside would be easy to. Imagine. Yeah. It's like a double cherry then. Well, no, it'd just be one cherry. It doesn't have to be two. Um. Do you think that it was the stop motion bit was a, a clever I idea? I think it's mainly I love stop motion. This is my problem. I love it. I also think it, it represents when the magic takes over. Yeah. So before that, you know it's very he's in very much in the real world, and then yeah. when the magic starts taking over, that's when it becomes stop motion. Yeah. Um, they also use some lines from the book. You can tell that because of how it how it's spoken and Roald Dahl's words are very distinctive. Yeah. There's a bit where the the, the ants are kind of rhyming and stuff, and they, and they say stuff. When we read this book when you were much younger. Um, you used to say that your Auntie Lisa and Auntie Tilly were Sponge and Spike. <laughs> so, if your cousin Harry's listening to this, you could tell his mum. <laughs> yeah, if he probably will be listening to this. Yeah, because like, I, I think, because I remember a lot of this song, because it doesn't look just that from Dad's I think you made, you watched it a lot, or at least I'm Um. So it was 96, I would have been like 17, 16, 17. I think I probably watched it. So I watched it, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been. But you probably made me watch it a lot. Yeah, you definitely watched it. You you had a phase where you watched quite a few of the Roald Dahl books as films, which is why we decided we decided to cover them because we thought it would be quite nice. Yeah, because I don't remember, I watched the BFG, I didn't watch Mr. Fox. You didn't watch Mr. Fox or BFG, which you've already covered, but you watched... Both the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory versions, you watched them. Matilda. And you watched Matilda. And then I watched this one. But this is definitely one you watched quite a bit. Yeah, I like this a lot, I think. Um, so, so, some of, so, so when we watched the BFG, that we found we felt the ending changed quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Fox had changed an awful lot. Yeah. Um, do you think this one's reasonably faithful to a degree? Change like the vinyl and like the shot. I, I think the shot's a good addition because I bet if, if like, I bet you know, the stop motion shot, it might be a bit of stop but motion. But yeah, I think it's all stop motion, yeah. But I can imagine like because in the pocket's low shot, I can imagine if it's imagine the because they probably have to get it. I think it maybe it's to make it a bit more scarier. Yeah, because that's why I think it's trying. There's a weird thing where like James is like seeing his bug and he can't spike like, things. I don't think that, I don't think that's in the book. No, it's not. But um, so the direct the producer of this is Tim Burton. He did and an, he's the producer of Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, and he did the first Batman film where we watched yeah. the old one. Um, and he's and he he's done Beetlejuice and he's done. You, you forgive yourself for this one. Though. He's done a whole film, so yeah. we'll probably well we will cover. Um, and he is very he's got a very distinctive style, and one of them is he. He's a good fit for Dahl in the sense that he has got he 
So Roald Dahl, as a writer, I was thought, spoke to kids like they were adults. Yeah, he does. So he doesn't dumb things down. Um, yeah. And this is... Um, so Tim Burton does the same, really. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that he was... Like, a, he's involved in this. And he, he, he did the remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's right, but I still haven't seen these again now. No, I'm just... I, so it doesn't surprise me that there's a little bit of craziness and um, nightmarish stuff, so, should I say. Yeah. Um, again, they used some lyrics from his book and apparently he also helped write some of the stuff for it because he was still alive at the time. I like how Peter Jackson usually did is basically the centipede in the book. There's a, there's a joke in the game like, like he said, Oh boy, can you help me? Can you help me take like, all 12 roots? That's what I like. I get where they come from. I like how all the characters look, and I like how Rose Spider makes a web. Yeah, they've kind of made it a bit more, they've made them a bit more um, human-like, yeah. so they put clothes on them and stuff like that, which isn't indicated at all in the book. Yeah, I also like how, like, they're basically, they're singing about, like, food and pizza and stuff, and they make, like, like drink, and this, this bias, like, not this bias, um, they have handbag is, like, a normal handbag, but she can pull out, like, she can pull, like, a pipe, like, she pull, like, she pull, like, a, like a, so there's a really weird Harry Potter connection in this film. Is there? So Ant, Sponge, the bigger one, the small yeah. one, not the tall one, yeah. the small one. Um, her, she plays that kind of show some voices, the ladybug, no, the glowworm she voices, yeah. She is the one that grows the mandrakes in oh. Harry Potter, and yeah, and the um, earthworm yeah. is Lupin from Harry Potter. And also, it's quite interesting. For Shark Attack, um, the centipede is voiced by a guy called Richard Dreyfus, who is the lead actor in Jaws, so he's involved in another Shark Attack film. But the actual cast of the voices is them, and then I can't remember the grasshopper, but he's quite famous. And the spider is done by Susan Saradon. I think that's how you say it. So he's quite a famous American actress. So there's like voice talent in there. It's really good. Um, I do think there's a lot of good stuff in the film. I just feel that they've. They, they've changed some bits, and I'm not quite sure why necessarily they've changed those bits. Mm. I think. But. It's not bad. I also noticed with this, the ending, I forgot about it, it's the ending that James tells the kids the story of what's happening. No, like at the very end, it says that James told everyone the story that much, but, and that's the story you've just listened to. Yeah. Um, in the BFG, it's the same thing, but he writes the story of the BFG yeah. at the end. I do like uh, how, like, this is like, James and Peter go back and speak and explain. So they go back and pull actors out, like, even if you got him in the car, you're still going to jail because you damaged property. 
Why do you think Roldal's books are still being adapted now? So obviously there's been the recent Matilda and obviously it's touched on a Willy Wonka and they are doing a cartoon of the Umpa Lumpers, I think. Why do you think they're still... Because they're very, like, real... I think, like... When all this had the audio, probably be deep into that thing, aren't you? Because people still, like, recently-ish, within the sort of last five to ten years, there's been a Witches remake and there's been a BFG remake. And it's kind of better than all of them when we're younger and we talk to them. Yeah. And probably because these films, or these books can be adapted in so many different ways. I think they're really good books adapted. I still think they're never quite now, Charlie, the Jack and Factory. I don't know. The original's better than this, the, the remake. Yeah. But because I don't think they've ever quite nailed it, right? Because... And I don't think... Well, we'll get one of that in a bit, which is my favourite books, which we'll be doing in a bit. Um, so, what are you rating this one? I'm going to go for a four. Because I honestly enjoyed the film. So just to give you context, BFG and Fantastic Mr. Fox, you both rate this free. I rated, I rated BFG as free and Fantastic Mr. Fox as 2.5 because I'm not a fan of that. Should I rate him as 4? I don't think I'm going that high, but I'm definitely going higher than the others. So I'm going to go 5, I think, so it gives it 3.75, which is still a good film. Um, it's the highest rating one of a Roald Dahl series, and we've only got The Witches to go. And as a film in, in general, it chucks it in there with Freeman and a Baby, Freeman and a Lady in American Tale, Phantom, Santa Claus the Movie, Stand By Me, Speed, Transformers the Movie, which I feel is about the right sort of bracket, whereas 4 would be the next sort of step up, which would be... Uh, Harry Potter, Philosopher's Stone, Die Hard, Drop Dead Fred. I don't think it's quite as good as them. I think we should do the rest of the Harry Potter films, I think. We will do eventually. We've got plenty of time. And we'll be on YouTube soon. So, that's the rating for that. So, in two weeks' time of this podcast being released, we'll be launched on YouTube with our very first episode. Um, and we're gonna, we've got a month of films, and we've got a month where we are doing... TV series that I grew up watching um, and see how that month goes and if it's good we might revisit it next year and do different shows um, if you've got any ideas of what you want us to do films and that, make suggestions as we've touched on when you watched the first episode I do apologise about our first couple of episodes I'm sure they'll be a bit ropey like the podcast was um, but we are planning to recover, re go over some of the older films that we've covered in the podcast but we'll still be doing a podcast, and the podcast will still be part of it. It'll they'll be put on YouTube and as a podcast. So if you listen to them on my podcast, that's great. If you want to watch them on YouTube, you can do that, whichever whichever you want. Yeah. Um, but now to a feature that we've started doing for literally for to bed in full YouTube, which is top five. So this week's top five is going to be top five. Are we doing it top five children's books or just top five books? Top five books because I don't actually have any ratings for children's books are. I'm going to group a couple of books together because they are the same franchise, but they're... Okay, so you're going to go first? Yeah, the first lot is Harry Potter books. So you're doing all five? Yeah. All seven, sorry. Yeah, because I don't think you can fit all seven in one book. So I'd have picked an individual book, but go on. I think we should pick them all, because I think I'm going to turn that for the person who's got me to order books. Okay. So I'm going to stick with just children's books, because otherwise it's a big thing and you won't have heard most of them. So it's a bit old. 
So I'll go with a Harry Potter book, and I'm going to go with Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which coincidentally is also my favourite film. I just like how the Harry Potter books are great, and the story is obviously Harry Potter v Voldemort. Don't mention his name, sorry. Um, but that one is for one where, as much as it's for one where he comes back alive at the end and everything that happens, it's it's for one that is the least about Voldemort, because it's actually also got this... Side, the side story is, is the yeah. Triwizard Tournament, and I like that whole thing of all the different schools coming together and stuff like that. I, 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 I really like that film, and the book is, I think, is actually much better than the film. Yeah. So, number two for you. Again, on the group, Tom, Percy Jackson's sequel series here is Olympus. Is that the first series, or is that? Percy Jackson's first series here is Olympus, the second series. Okay. So, I've read the first series, so. Yeah. What's. Good about the second. What's better about the second series? I don't. It's better because basically at the end they they finish battle and they get a prophecy saying seven demigods from different. Characters. Oh yeah, I remember at the end yeah. of the first series. Yeah. yeah, there's two camps. One camp, half camp, Jupiter, and then one Roman, one Greek. But said like basically, like a couple, like a group of demigods go go back to camp. One of them got their mind wiped by gods, which is from camp Jupiter. And one from Percy from Camp um, Half-Blood gets his mind wiped away to Camp Royal, Camp Jupiter, and they basically help each other out, and they have to defeat you, which is like the goddess of the Earth, basically. Oh, sounds good. A lot of Percy um, So, second one, I'm going to go with one of my favourite books growing up, which was Matilda. Um, everyone was... When the, Harry Potter books came out, there was all this stuff about people queuing up and going on yeah. the night before. I remember Matilda coming out, and by that point I'd have read quite a few of the Roald Dahl books, and I remember this coming out and wanting to read it. Um, it was probably one of my favourite books growing up, if not my favourite book growing up. The other one will come up in a bit. Um, and I just love it. I think it's a really good book. And... I think the original film's great. We've been to the musical. The musical's fantastic, I and mean, the new film is even is even better than the original film. Um, and they all capture. I hold, I like the whole idea of the concept that's been played, especially with the new adaption of the fact that the point is this girl changes her story as such because she she's sick of being pushed around by her, her bad parents, basically. So she helps. Herself out and helps Miss Honey out. Yeah. So, what's my number two for you? <laughs> Another Percy Jackson one. Well, it's not a Percy Jackson. The Trials of Apollo. It's based about a god which just got punished and he goes to Earth and he has to help. He, get, he has to like, basically be loyal to a certain person. And he gets loyal to a person that he says that his past isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Basically, shit, yeah. They have to help him out and stuff and defeat. Basically, three Roman emperors which became gods. To defeat them free all seven oracles and become a god again. Okay. I'm, I'm the last book on the home stretch. Um number three for me. Um probably George's Marvelous Madison. Oh I know you and your voice like Yeah, so George Yes. What are you doing in the kitchen? Um, so obviously this is something that I read to you as a child and you oh. saw absolutely in stitches when I did the voice for his 
The volume, I do apologise, I've just seen it shoot up on the recording thing. Um, I can't remember, but um, I just, this is the one where Rick Mail, who played Drop Dead Fred, he read it on TV and he was fantastic at it. And I, it's, I, it would never be, it never work as a, a film, it's not long enough. Um, so yeah, that, I just I just think it's I just re really like it. It's a short one. It's quite snappy. Yeah. I just like the idea of it. Um, number four. And <laughs> um, these aren't really books. They're kind of like comic books, kind of, but they're still books. It's both the psycho club books for the reason. This is about a ghost. Well, not a ghost person, which just deals with stress, anxiety, all that, and he and he finds someone else. And then secretly found someone else and they saw the club. And why do you like them? Because it helps me all about them and probably for the third book. Why does it help you? Because I struggle with stress and then find you. Why do you like Percy Jackson? Because it's about them because they're dangerous and loves them. See, common factor? Yeah. Do you know what, do you know what's interesting now? So, as a parent, when you talk about Percy Jackson and stuff like that, you, you light up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Major Percy Jackson. And it's because you connect to it. Yeah, I love it. And so many kids, like, so for the listeners, Harry struggles with ADHD, autism and dyslexia. Yeah. He gets very anxious and he, and he struggles with his mobility and stuff, with his joints. And he struggles to read, so he listens to audio books and that's how he goes to sleep. And the fact he listens to audio books is a lot that people, kids your age don't. Um, and the fact that but what you've always been able to do is be able to understand books and yeah. some people might be able to read books but you will always be able to understand the story of them yeah. and people kids I always remember when you were younger people would read the book but not could tell you the words but couldn't tell you the meaning and you're the opposite you might have struggled with the words but you when you when you read it you understood what was going on and funny enough so is Oliver Oliver can do the same they said in school that he who Oliver, for those who don't know, is Harry's younger brother. He um, he understands what he's reading very well. And we always wonder whether this is because you've always been read to as a child and you're quite into books. So, like, yeah. I, we've just put, I've just put Oliver to bed and read him two books. So, so, yeah. So, sorry, I was just going off on a slight tangent there. Yeah, so. I love books. Like, if you tell, like... Like, I remember a lot of facts that I've read. Like, if, if it wasn't for you, get me a lot of stuff. I'm trying not to have a TV. Um, and didn't recommend Percy Jackson to me, I wouldn't probably ever listen to it. So, next. I would have probably said Percy Jackson, but I'm not going to cover it because you've already done it. Yeah, I actually this kid's book, I'm not sure it's probably not. It's, it's, it's about your age book. Um, I was thinking maybe Maze Runner, which is another good one. Um, but I'm going to go Aragon, which you tried to read, but you didn't really get into. I read the first book, I said I just felt like it was... It just it takes a bit, but I've, again, this is something that they're going to do with a TV show, of, like they are with Percy Jackson. Um, and it's just, I only watched, I only read them when I was like, older. And I just found them really interesting. I quite like the whole thing of dragons and dragon riders and stuff like that. And they're really enjoyable. Um, so yeah, that's my fourth choice round. So we've got one left each. I'm trying to think of the last one. I, keep, I, I thought of all of them except the last one, so I'm trying to just quickly remember all the books and the rest. Do you want to do a fifth one? Yeah, I think I'm trying to think. Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats and Nim. 
Um, this is my favourite children's book. You can have it as well if you want. Um, I just think it's a really clever book, really clever about the whole where the rats come from and stuff. I don't want to spoil it for people that have never read it. But if you've got kids and you've not read it, then I would suggest you read it with them because I think that a lot of kids would love it. Um, it's about basically it's about a mouse who needs to move a family because the harvest is coming and one of her kids is sick and she basically gets seeks the help of the rats that live nearby. This way you shouldn't have done the Harry Potter ones as one, you could have done them separately. Any roll dar books? I'm trying to think, that's the thing. Um, probably James Jack Peach, I think. Like, all, James Jack Peach is really one because that's the thing, which one? See, well, it, it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory too. Was it? Yeah. I want to say Eve of them because I used, before I had a lot, so I used to have a DVD player. I think I still have that normal DVD. So yeah, yeah. If it had been up just books in general, I'd have probably had Lord of the Rings in here and a few other things, but... Probably Charlie Chocolate Factory. Even, I Great book, book, really good book. Probably, yeah. probably is arguably his most popular book. Great Gossard is nowhere near the same quality as the first one. I don't hate it, I just don't think it's anywhere near as good. So that's our top five. Let us know what your favourite kids books were growing up. Send us tweets, comments, whatever. Um, and... So, just a bit of housekeeping, if you could like, comment and share our videos when we come on YouTube, if you can do the same on Twitter with our podcast posts, if you could share your podcast with all the people you know that listen to podcasts, and those that don't, maybe reach out and tell them, listen to this podcast, they're great. Um, yeah, tell your dog, tell your nan, tell your cat, tell the bus driver, um, tell the woman in Sainsbury's when you go shopping or whichever other supermarket you choose. Um, and look out for some new additions coming to our website. I wasn't going to say that, but now Harry's just told you we are launching merchandise, which will be coming coming when YouTube starts. So get out there. All proceeds go to Harry. All profits, should I say, go to Harry and his savings. So thanks very much. Bye-bye now.